Hello and welcome to this week's show. We're in 1985 and in the hands of a man who changed the face of action for an entire generation. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Commando. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. Do you think that he is going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Last and wait, you fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you did. I lied. If it's a mission no man can survive, he's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. This gem, straight from Joel Silver, is the most gleefully overblown 80s action film ever. It's essentially a live-action comic book, which in many ways is the quintessential Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's a lean 90 minutes of Arnold being Arnold. Big, muscular, smart-assed and violent. Released five months after Rambo First Blood Part 2, it cleaned up at the box office. Commando is a huge, bright, hilarious slaughter fest that packs as much bang for the buck as possible inside an hour and a half. The music builds to images of a chainsaw and bulging biceps. Finally, we get a nice huge movie star close-up of Arnold in the role of John Matrix, our muscle-bound hero for the evening. Filmed between April 22nd and July 3rd, 1985, stunt coordinator and second unit director Benny Dobbins does a remarkable job in selecting his stunt team and creating one of my favourite ever action films. Let's go behind the stunts and find out why. Now that is American workmanship. You think the Japanese invented that? Bullshit. We did. Oh, for a while there we lost it. But we got it back. I like Cadillacs. You like Cadillacs? Well, come right around here, brother, and get in this Cadillac. You're going to love it. This is style and beauty. Comfy, right? Oh, I know what you're going to say. That's vinyl, but take it from me, you don't want leather, brother. Leather's hot, it's uncomfortable, it cracks. Nothing but trouble. Look at the headroom you've got in here. A guy like you's not gonna have any problem. Go ahead, start it up. Listen to that. That's power, that's performance. You know what I like best? What's that? The price. Hey! Wait a minute, you can't drive that car! Cook being shown a car by a slick salesman. 
Cook gets in the car and the salesman thinks he's making a great sale, but then Cook guns the engine and runs over the guy, sending him crashing through the showroom window and into the street. Stuntman Tommy Rosales doubles the salesman in this phenomenal action opener. The car is being driven by stuntman Joffrey Brown, who has quite a driving record. In the 1994 movie Speed, he drove the bus as it jumped across the unfinished freeway. Tommy curls up in a ball on the bonnet of a Cadillac and waits for the impact. The car drops down slightly after crashing through the window, causing Tommy to bounce and roll to his left. Brown steers to the right, assisting Tommy's exit off the bonnet. You can see the metal beam in the top of the window, just missing our stuntman who rolls off the car onto the pavement. Showered in glory and little bits of glass, after Commando, Tommy Rosales went on to perform stunts in 8 million ways to die. This was most definitely one of them. Shortly after that, we'll be showing our feature film. Your flight attendants are Susan and Lance, and I'm Vicky. We're here to make your trip as comfortable as possible. Thank you, and have a safe and enjoyable flight. Excuse me, how long is the flight? We land in Valverde in exactly 11 hours. Thank you, and do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend, he's dead tired. The idea of the sequence is that Matrix must get off the DC-10 he's currently being held on and hunt down those who have information about his daughter's whereabouts. Simple enough on paper, but filming this scene would be a really serious adrenaline rush. Director Mark Lester had said in interviews at the time of the release that Arnold Schwarzenegger had performed many of the stunts on the film himself, as finding a double was always going to be a tough assignment. But what Mark has done there is he's made a classic directorial error by giving the words the media wanted to hear instead of the facts. The facts in this case are that Schwarzenegger is an action hero on film, and this image must be maintained, therefore he does what any actor can do in a physical role such as this. By that I mean physical acting. Stunts are performed by professionals who are employed to make the actor appear to be the one doing the dangerous and impossible, plus the fact they'll receive a fee for each stunt. Now, Arnold really wouldn't want to take work away from those people, would he? I mean, that would never do for a future governor of California. So, this is what really happened. Arnold was hanging onto the landing gear, but it wasn't attached to the plane. Instead, it was filmed for this close-up on a landing gear mock-up created by the special effects team, which was mounted on a tractor trailer and which in turn was specially built for the sequence. Then Joel Kramer, his stunt double, takes over for the long shots. Joel hangs onto the landing gear of the aircraft as it travels at 125 miles an hour along the runway. The pilot actually lifted the nose by 35 degrees for 30 seconds to give the illusion of the plane taking off. Then gently the nose came back to earth and back to the tarmac. Having gotten onto the landing gear, Matrix must now jump off. 
obviously jumping from that height would be suicidal, so a dummy is used for the high part of the fall, and then Joel Kramer returns to double Arnold for the drop into the water. This was done with the use of a crane, and Joel swings using a trapeze bar and drops delicately into the reeds below. Inside the shopping mall, the security guard sees Matrix, who hides none too successfully, behind a large pillar. The security guard goes back into the bar and radios for backup. Now that's stuntman Walter Wyatt. Said backup is currently flirting with two women, and after he sees Matrix, he radios for even more backup, making him the smartest security guard in motion picture history. The security guard approaches Matrix, asking what he's doing, and all of a sudden the guard is on his back seeing stars. Matrix jumps from landing to landing and is doubled by stuntman Joel Kramer. The race to get to Sully, played by David Patrick Kelly, is now really on. Matrix must get to him before he contacts his boss, who will kill his daughter. At that moment, a guy brandishing a gun and a very dubious moustache makes a break for freedom from one of the upstairs bars, shoots a security guard, and in return of fire, is killed and falls over the railing 40 feet to the ground below. The fall is performed by stuntman Hank Carlier, who must push himself clear of the landing, enabling him to hit the bag correctly. Sully makes it for the elevator, and Matrix follows. Cindy, played by Ray Dawn Chong, saves his life as a policeman, played by stuntman George Fisher, has a clear shot at Matrix and is just about to squeeze the trigger when she shoulder charges him down a flight of stairs. The swing from the top of the mall, using the inflatables landing on top of the elevator, is simply breathtaking and was performed by legendary stuntman Bob Yerkes. Bob was a world champion gymnast and runs a circus school for stunties to keep their skills in A1 condition. The timing is absolutely crucial. If he leaves his start point too soon, he may hit the side of the elevator. Leave it too late, he'll be too far above it for him to land safely. Have a good look at the sequence. Play it in slow motion. Watch how every element fits beautifully, making it a remarkable stunt. It was nominated for a Stuntman's Award in 1986. There you go. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. If you get a chance to leave a five-star review, that would be hugely beneficial. Until next week. Bye for now.